Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You ever have this thing happen to you? I know I haven't seen you in a lot of hats in your time, but... Nah. You ever have this thing happen nah, to you? Nah, nah dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> At least it wasn't an all hell nah <laughs> or a hecky nah. I'm not that anti hat. No, you know, I think I've just I've never looked great in a hat. I have a when I when I have an office that I go into, I have just kind of a plain gray baseball cap that I'll put on if I'm like if my hair is making me look insane. It's sort of a daddy's thinking cap type situation. No, I mean I don't listen. I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a daddy. Want to, you know, that would be stolen valor for me to call myself daddy. Sure. That's for people. That's for sure. people on Twitter to do. Did you earn those stripes, Jordan? No, sir. No, I did not. Um, but yeah, but it's you know, it's just kind of a gray baseball cap to to put on if I am self conscious that um, my hair is making me look like a cartoon mad scientist that recently had a beaker blow up in his face. <laughs> Um, sure. Well, you should probably wipe the coal from your face. That is often, that's, yeah. That's 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 the first step. First step is is take both hands and wipe the black from your eyes. Second step: admit you have a problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> acknowledge acknowledge the presence of a of a higher scientist. Yeah. Of a higher cartoon mad scientist. One Benson Honeydew. <laughs> right. Uh, Bun- Bunsen. I don't want to be Benson. listen. I don't mean Muppet guy, but I know the Muppet people would come for you. So I'm just doing this now. No, Benson Honeydew is the uh, sketch that I just pitched to Mad TV. <laughs> oh, wow. It's coming back again, huh? Yeah. Now it's only for older Gen Xers, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> People who are interested in the, the comedy of the 1970s. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my mother, the hybrid car. <laughs> what would that mm-hmm. look like? Yeah. Thank you. Um, what would that look like? <laughs> hey, audience. What would that look like? Uh, 206-984-4FUN is our telephone number. Email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. But no, apart from that one gray baseball cap that I have for only occasionally, um, don't love a hat on me. Probably. I'm okay with others wearing hats. I'm not going to be a weird dick if, you know, you want to wear a, you know, I don't know, Panama hat around me or something, uh, you know. A, a beret, a, a, a carnival fruit hat. Yeah, oh, just give me one probably. of those bananas. Just give me one of those bananas, and I'm okay. If you someone gave you a Carmen Miranda hat right now, you'd put it on. No, I don't think I would put it on, but I would, I would admire it from afar, mm-hmm. um, and I would encourage others to put it on if they were comfortable. You wouldn't even give it a little with your fingertips, just see if the fruit is real. No, I would squeeze the fruit. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, and I'd grab a banana because I haven't had lunch yet, but. So yeah, you were saying just you have a hat, you have a hat concern or a hat, a hat anecdote, a hat anecdote. Yeah. So uh, you know these kind of hats that the Amish wear. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but I can I can picture it. I think they're probably called Amish hats. It's like a type of straw hat. It's flat on the top, but not uh, shallow like a boater hat, and has a wide brim. It's just hat with like an e on the end for some reason. Exactly. Like shop or old. I think they're woven by horses. Mm -hmm. Um, So I recently learned, some months ago, I learned that uh, the Amish sell these hats. Yeah. These aren't just hats they make for each other. These are available to the general public. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's a nice kind of hat. Like if I need a dad hat, if I need a broad brimmed hat to go uh, to the Little League game or whatever, mm-hmm. it might be a nice kind of hat. So I went on eBay and I bought one of these hats. They're very mm-hmm. affordable. I think I paid $30 for this Okay, hat. Bought it from some, uh, I, I don't know if the Amish are selling on eBay directly. I may have bought it from a an Amish middleman, a right. non-Amish middleman, maybe a Zoroastrian. Hard to say for sure. This hat is pretty dense and it has it has like a little forehead cushion inside of it. Yeah. And the forehead cushion is maybe made, it doesn't have a full band all the way around the inside, it's just, just a forehead cushion. And forehead cushion is maybe made out of vinyl, mm-hmm. pleather, something along these lines. It's a great hat like this hat a lot. It really does suit the task of sitting in the bleachers at the Little League game or equivalent, going to the farmer's market. Do your kids do Little League? I didn't know your kids did Little League. Uh, my son Oscar just started Little League. He's on oh. a team with uh, our friend Elliot Kalen's son, Sammy. Amazing. Good luck yeah. to them in the upcoming season. They're going to need it. Worst players on the team by far. <laughs> um, so uh, I get it, like a spirit or an attendance award at the end of the year or something like that. Here's hoping. Most improved. Maybe I got a, I got a couple of most improved when I was doing team sports as a kid. Always felt shitty. I'm like, I'm eight and I know this is shitty. Uh, Sammy's going to win. They have a medal there for uh, most Marx Brothers movies seen. Mm-hmm. He's even nice. seen the late I, period ones. So. Everybody. I think everybody should get a trophy. Even if the ones from like the late 40s, World War II era Marx Brothers movies. The Marx, at the, mm-hmm. the Marx Brothers visit the front or whatever. So anyway, I have this hat, and I'll wear it when it's hot outside, and there's only one problem, which is this. I don't have that much hair. I've got about 60% of hair, mm-hmm. and it's cut pretty short. So they, when I my head sweats, there's nowhere for it to go. It doesn't wet down my hair. It just gathers. Mm-hmm. And the vinyl forehead protector is non-absorbent. So what will happen is I'll be walking around in the farmer's market and I'll pick out my, you know, my honeydew. I'll put it in the cart and everything. And I'll be like, man, my head is hot. And I'll just lift my hat to do that kind of like give it a little air situation. Sure. You know? And when I lift my hat, it's like I've opened a door with a bucket perched on top of it full of water. Oh, yeah, sure. You're getting a little dunk. You're getting a little prank dunk. Like... The vo- like, I think I probably get four ounces of water just mm-hmm. fall down my face in a sheet. Mm. Like I am, I am waterboarding myself with my own sweat. Is what happens right. with this? It is like the top of the entire hat fills with water, like a cistern. You think this is a? Are you? This is a? Is this a design flaw in the hat? Do you think is this? Are, are, have the Amish fucked this up? Or it's possible the Amish don't sweat. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you you just need a different, you need another kind of absorber, a different kind of absorber. Maybe they gather the sweat to make scrapple. Sure, yeah. Leave some of their famous blankets. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. Barn raising. I don't know that much about the Amish. Boy, neither do I. They were, was... they were yeah, they were a fun little, little source of punchlines in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and then we we found out about the like drug problems. 
Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. They became a little less fun. It peaked with Amish Paradise. I think we all enjoyed Amish yeah. Paradise. Look, I, my wife was very plain. Is probably Weird Al's greatest. Sure. Yeah. Life, in my <laughs> opinion, I think that's a really great. I took joke. a look. I took a look at my wife and realized she's very plain, very funny. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a thing where that, that does not benefit from knowing about the darkness within. Yeah. I think that's fair. I watched a, You know what? I watched an American experience about the Amish. I enjoyed it. Okay. So there you go. Probably Rick Burns directed that. I couldn't tell you. Our guest on the program, I don't know how where she is on the wet hat um, spectrum. Uh, she's the host of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. She has her own little Zoom background with some branding featured as well as a string of party lights. She's basically in a her podcast themed dorm room. <laughs> Our friend Allison Rosen. Hi, Allison. Hello. Thank you for having me. I have taken some notes. I have some things to say. But the idea of a podcast themed dorm room, when I went to school, what that would mean would be like Bob Marley wearing an Allison Rosen's new best friend shirt <laughs> or two hands. <laughs> Like the Escher thing, two hands drawing oh. my logo. Oh, you mean like on oh, right. a poster? You're not. You weren't. Yes. People at your people at your college weren't weekend at Bernieing uh, Bob Marley. No. Oh, I wish. No, no, no. I just talking about. They always had a poster sale, and that was a chance to go solidify your identity for right. the next year. Right. It was posters were such a big deal. Like, you know who made a killing? Those people who made that gooey poster mm-hmm. like that play-doh stuff that yeah that no hole yeah yes you know that exactly. leaves a greasy spot it does yeah um and also the plant sale was a big deal oh yeah what were your college posters allison well i had a soul asylum poster nice and yeah. it On was brand. the cover of i feel like that might be an insult it was <laughs> no, it Je- was an image from jesse, an album. jesse would never do a thing like that allison how dare you <laughs> It was the image from an album and it was a woman who I think it was the her back and she was naked and she was holding hands with these two little kids who were naked. And I remember someone being like, why do you have naked kids on your wall? And I'm like, I never thought of it that way. I, I was, yeah. I had that one. I had a Van Gogh, not a real Van Gogh. Um, <laughs> That would be great of a, a college kid who stole a Van Gogh and just <laughs> hung it in their dorm. By the way, you know this immersive Van Gogh experience thing? It is the probably the single most advertised thing on the entire internet. It looks pretty cool, but Daniel, uh, my husband, who you guys know, uh, is always like, see Van Gogh as the artist intended. <laughs> it's, it's a good point. Like, this was never exactly how you're supposed to see it. It's one of those, like, Instagram experiences, right? Like, you can go and, like, stand inside probably. Starry Night. Like, the, that museum of ice cream where you like right. get yeah. into a big pit of sprinkles. What is that? I went. I went it's to a museum. Yeah. I went to the California Science Center to see an exhibit of Lego art, and uh, which is the Science Center equivalent of the Museum of Ice Cream. And I got there, and it was just like uh, the Scream by Edvard Munch, but like rendered <laughs> in Legos. Now this is. At least make something like, at least show me a Golden Gate. Like, if you're not going to make actual art, build the Golden Gate Bridge. That's my position on it. Those are the options. Actual art or the Golden Gate Bridge. Or if you're going to do the scream, do the scream, but then like 
it transforms into like a like a uh, a big rig. Yes, thank you. Perfect. Do a Transformers thing. By the way, I got us a meeting with Michael Bay. Oh, good. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm looking to reboot some famous art. Yeah. Do you ever post something on social media and you're like, this one is going to real like I, I might go viral with this one. This uh-huh. is going to be a sensation. Here it comes. I hope I have time to respond to all the DMs and, um, you know, to become a trending topic or whatever. So I don't know how much you guys are aware on Instagram. Do you get do you see all those reels that are of people doing makeup? Or is that just the way my algorithm has uh, decided? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm aware of me. this genre. It's, I, okay, I so I those... yeah, I'm. I mean, my algorithm is now. It started out as just chicken sandwiches, and now it's chicken sandwiches and donuts. Yeah. Um, but I'm aware of the yeah. of the makeup uh, tutorial. I get the makeup reels because I follow hashtag SF Giants. <laughs> Okay, so contouring is a big deal. Do right. you guys know what this is? This is like dark lines on the face, and then you blend it out, and it gives you like a, a different bone structure. Um, so I was looking at the scream, and there's essentially white contouring. So I posted a. It looks it looks kind of like the contouring pictures before they've blended it out. So I posted that, and I said I love the contouring here. Zero. Point zero 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 people had any. I didn't even get a smiley face. I so misjudged right. that bit of. I'm ahead of my time is probably what it is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, to to my notes here. Listen, which I will hold everybody up. listening, that's solid. Go back in Rosen's timeline. Thank you. Find the post. Retroactively retweet it. Let's see if we can get this to five k. Thank yeah. you. Allison, can um, I suggest you just ask a banal question to which everyone relates somewhat? Like, yes. what was your favorite snack to get in your school lunch? Because if you oh, ask that, is... fucking through the roof. Yeah. Everybody's just going to write kudos. <laughs> yes, dips. Or just something like, grapes are overrated, though, T-H-O. And then that has 25K for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. Someone right. would say that. And also like, that's it. That's the tweet. Oh, right. Sure. (laughs) Dear reader, that's it. That's the tweet. (laughs) Grapes slap hard, though. And there you go. 25K. Going to be a grapes are overrated for me. Sure. Um, (laughs) God, I wish I was relatable. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, there was something I was going to say about all this, though. God damn Oh, uh, let's see. We were talking about, like, putting up up the post that you think is going to do great and then crickets. Yes. And then anyway, I can't remember. So anyway, I have to tell you. Yes. And look, I don't work for Jordan Jesse Go. No. But I did. Jordan Jesse Go works for you. That's right. But I did a little bit. By the way, we should announce we've sold the show to Allison. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's she's going to tear it it down and put up condos. (laughs) (laughs) Where will the kids play, Jordan? <laughs> Sorry. The dance squad needs a place to rehearse. Right. Yeah. They just have to hold a hold a break dance competition and raise money to save the podcast from condo developers. I looked up the name of these Amish hats and it yeah. is better than you could even imagine. Mm. It's called a scribbler. <laughs> that is really good. That's and really good. The photos I saw looked like straw hats that a barbershop quartet would wear. Mm. They look like that, but the crown, that's a, that's a boater. The crown okay. on an Amish hat is taller. 
the hat part is taller. And usually the brim is wider. The brim on an, on an, one of these scribblers <laughs> is, is really wide. Maybe it's like a four-inch brim, a really big brim. Okay. When I'm I'm envisioning the Amish fits that I've seen, um, yeah. mostly from the from the Amish Paradise video. When I'll, you're picturing I'll... that Amish drip, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Wait, what does drip mean? Because I only recently learned what fits that fits is short for outfit. I learned that like a year ago, but it feels recent because I'm old. What does drip mean? Drip is uh, it's like flavor. Yeah, fancy stuff. Yeah, like uh, loud shoes or jewelry or something like that. Oh, got it. Like your like your ice. Originally, your ice would drip. Your jewelry would be right. your drip because it was icy. Right. Oh. But then eventually, your drip basically just became like your dripping style. Got it. So the Amish looks that I am familiar. There's two primary ones. Um, is the kind of all black, and that's that includes a black hat. And then there's right. like, and then there's the classic red and blue. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't think I get that. What is that? Yeah, it depends on whether it's the like the outfit that the Amish person made or the alien symbiote. Oh, right. Yes. Exactly. Uh, and then okay, well, that's, that's good. There that was a symbiote reference. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but welcome. then there's like sleeves rolled up, <laughs> suspenders, and then a straw hat. Yeah. So you, Jesse, you have the black. You have like the formal evening hat. Wait, do I really? I don't know. No, I'm asking. No, mine is a straw. Mine oh, yours is, is a, a straw hat. Okay. This is what I would wear as I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain. Gotcha. But there are like all black Amish. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be. When they're like, you know, suited and booted for church. Sure. Or for other formal occasions, Amish prom. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you should do an Amish Promish? put this on. That's fun. Ooh, promish. <laughs> My favorite all for one song, by the way. Oh, Allison, you were said now this is I, I I made note of this because I thought to myself, this is why you book Rosen. During our intro, you were like, I've made some notes. Have yeah. we gotten to all those notes? We haven't. Let's see. Okay. But, and I have and I've had to take I've had to I've had to just let it happen because right. I'm not going to again, I don't work for no, you. That's true. And I also don't mm-hmm. own you. So I'm not going to force my way in. But no, I also kicked kick down were, the door. <laughs> yeah, I was dying during the part. Okay, yes, we don't have anything, part, Allison. During the part where you guys talk to each other as if I'm not here, yeah. and I do this on my show too. I was dying to yell out "scribbler." Yeah, and oh. I had some other jokes as well, and I can't remember what they. I mean, "scribbler" is not a joke. That's a hard fact. But I there was something mm-hmm. else where I was like, "Oh, it's hurting me." Anyway, I won a trophy. When I was a kid, for good sportsmanship. Hey, which is the I mean, thank you for that very tepid approval. Oh. But that is, <laughs> it's the equivalent. You said you got most improved. No, I got a I lot. I mean, of it is like, improves. what trophy can we give that is no reflection of actual athletic ability? Ah, good sportsmanship. It just meant I had a decent attitude. Right. Yeah, but I mean, let's be honest, it was bullshit because you were fucking laying we were the Draymond green of little league <laughs> you were there kicking people in the nuts and throwing dirt in people's eyes and you were oh. you filed your cleats like ty cobb i don't know what any of this means but i probably did because i this was around the time that someone would say how are you doing and i decided or how are you i get how are you doing was was too informal for these these olden days someone would say how are you and i would say tired or i would go 
okay. Because I decided that was more, and I am putting this in air quotes, interesting than just saying well or good. Mm. Were you trying to be interesting or authentic? Like, were you faking faking tiredness? I think I was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think I know. It's amazing that I have any friends and that I'm not. I'm not like completely a social outcast. You were like you were like hot topicing uh small talk. Right? Yes. I mean we were we were talking about it before. I'm Gen X. So I think that you know you were susp- now I was only around 8 8 when I started doing this. Right. This is that's the age I'm talking about. But you were suspicious of anyone who was too happy and too perky. Right. Right. You would crack open an okay cola with that sure. Charles Burns illustration on the can. Throw in a throw in a mud honey cassette. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then complain yeah. about selling out. And you would decide to date Ethan Hawke instead of Ben Stiller because Ben Stiller was trying too hard to be helpful. Mm. I did have it pretty bad for Ethan Hawke, uh, circa mystery date. The guy's a dream guy. Yeah, Ethan Hawke's no question. Yeah. Ethan, I mean, uh, uh, you guys might have different opinions on this. I, Ethan Hawke has remained pretty consistently hunky through the years, right? I mean, he's... Yeah, I feel like I've moved away from the Ethan Hawke kind, Hawk kind of Interesting. Hunk. I mean, I'm I'm off of the hawk hunt. Yeah. Now you're just into straight beefcake. You're a John Cena That's, girl now. Yeah. <laughs> That's, well, I Vintage remember Fabio, <laughs> '92 <Yeah>. Fabio, <laughs> before he got oh hit by God, the goose. He, I was just gonna make a goose <laughs> reference. I always had trouble looking at that photo. Everyone else just thought it, just looked at it and enjoyed the lulls. Um, That's L U L Z. But for me, I was just like, it's that must have hurt gruesome. both him and it's the goose. Gruesome. It really yeah. is. I'm a millennial, so I actually just retweeted a picture that said that goose, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> 5K, 5K likes. Yeah. That's it. That's the goose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Wait, animals. What kind of hunk? Yes. What is, if you've moved past an Ethan Hawke hunk, because Jordan, I agree with you completely. Ethan Hawke was on Bullseye one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wasn't in the room with me, so I wasn't looking at how gorgeous he is, though I knew it in my heart, right, in loin. Uh, but he's, he's so, like, he so thoroughly delivers on the best case scenario of what Ethan Hawke would be like. Mm-hmm. Like, he's real mm-hmm. Ethan Hawkey, but he can also really back it up. Like, he's obviously a really bright guy and very sincere mm-hmm. in his Ethan Hawkiness. You know, like, as he gazes into space to think of a poem, and then he says the poem, and you're like, fuck, that was a good poem. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Allison, Jordan and I are, I mean, we, Ethan, we've already given Ethan Hawke our promise rings. Yeah, you are you got it bad for Ethan sure. Hawke, it sounds like. What's your preferred hawk now? What's your preferred hunk? <laughs> to me, they're if, the if, same. If not a hawk hunk. Yeah. <laughs> I would leave my husband for Hugh Grant, but not current day Hugh Grant. Classic, Although, I feel like Hugh Grant. He, if he were... To, li- to deliver on the promise of Hugh Grant, I could update my feelings about him. But I kind of got it bad for him. And then also, Christian Bale does something for me. Mm. Interesting. You mean because he's obs- seems to be insane? <laughs> he's, I think it's just passion, right? It's passion and commitment. Yeah, I don't know. All I know about Christian Bale personally, like as a, as a human being, is he- I heard him on Fresh Air one time, and I've just never heard someone other than Gene Simmons seem less like a good person on Fresh Air. 
Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Grant's not supposed to be. No, I don't. So I don't think either. I love. I love Hugh Grant as a performer. Like I, I could watch Hugh mm-hmm. Grant. What about as a lover? Well, I've I've never known his intimate touch, um, but I I it seems unlikely I would reject it if he gave me the little crinkles at the corners of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, I love when he crinkles. All it takes, he'll shoot you. He'll shoot you ten ten blinks in two seconds, and then your pants <laughs> I mean, are off. Yeah. It could be I'm that ready. I'm, you know, it, it could be because I'm like nine out of 10 on the, uh, you know, the Kinsey scale towards heterosexuality. But like, I feel like, and I'm just misjudging it in the way that sometimes a straight woman will tell you about uh, a celebrity woman that they think is really beautiful, but actually they're just weird looking and they think that's interesting. <laughs> um I mean, they mostly are also beautiful. That's how you become a celebrity. But... Um, but I think Hugh Grant in his late middle age, yeah, there's an ice cream truck truck driving by. I mean, honestly, we're lucky. My children only stopped screaming at the top of their lungs on the porch immediately outside this window, like three minutes before we started recording. Only the fact that we had (laughs) Zoom trouble saved us from it sounding like my children were being murdered in the background of this podcast. Um, but anyway, I think... I mean, like, how old's Hugh Grant? 55 or something like that? That seems about right, right? right? Like, I think Hugh Grant has really aged like a fine wine. Um, I I think Hugh Grant looks great. I think he really wears his age well. Okay, you've convinced me. I will have sex with him. Oh, fine. All right. Wait, Allison, can you explain the bail appeal? Oh, he crinkles too. He crinkled. Oh, so you mm. like it? He's kind of crinkly. Sure. I, I like a crinkly. I like a crinkly, twinkly bad. You boy. like your. You're yeah. like um, your bad boys' faces. Like you like your fries. Crinkly. Yes. Waffles. Waffles. Um, <laughs> I like, a, I like a waffle I, face. <laughs> <laughs> I also animal style. Right. You know, I also had it really bad for Val Kilmer mm, for years. Sure. And I stand by yeah. that. Did you watch um, did you watch this Val Kilmer movie that is a documentary made of footage of Val Kilmer that Val Kilmer yes. has apparently been shooting since he was like eight years old? I watched half of it. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel, the one that I am married to, who right. I'd leave for these other guys, <laughs> um, but just two exceptionally crinkly men who might be crazy. Um mm-hmm. he was like Oh, I wanted to watch that. And then I felt bad. And so I haven't watched the rest of it because I know what I have to do. What I have to do, my penance, I have to say to him, I'll watch it again with you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, Because that's right. what we both do when, when either of us watches ahead right. in a series or something like that's that. What, I just didn't... I my memory, but it feels like a bridge too far. I don't. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the documentary. It's it's really well done, but it's also heavy. And I I just it doesn't sound appealing to me to watch it again from the beginning. Um, so I'm sort of uh, at a I'm in a holding pattern with the documentary. Right. So I haven't watched the rest of it out of guilt, and I haven't offered to rewatch the beginning of it. I. I think I need to secretly finish it is what I need to do. I, I'm not a doctor, but he had something like a tracheotomy or something where he has a mm-hmm. really hard time speaking. So yes. the narration is first person, but it's read by his son in the film. Who sounds so much like him. Yeah, it's really something else. And his son does a great job. 
Um, as I was watching this movie, which I watched in 12-minute chunks uh, in between the time when my children fell asleep and I finished cleaning the kitchen and uh, my wife finished making lunch for them for the next day and came to enjoy our shared 20 minutes of entertainment per day with me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was watching this movie and I was just stunned by it, just gobsmacked. Because Val Kilmer, first of all, seems like a genuinely decent man. You know, look, the, he, it's his movie about him. So it could be that he's just well calibrated at making himself seem like a genuinely decent person. But he seems to be a genuinely decent person. Seems like a nice man. And it is composed of footage that he shot mostly of himself over his entire life, 40-some, 50 years since he was a small kid. And he has been through some tragedy. He lost his brother when he was young, um, and uh, his, his father, who had been a very successful business person, uh, lost a lot of the early money that Val Kilmer made in show business. And Val Kilmer did go to Juilliard for acting. But all of those things having been stipulated, it is as though the premise of this movie is everything you've always feared about actors is true. <laughs> <laughs> like the level of shamelessness, just the pure uncut shamelessness in this man and you're like, is this what it is to be? And you're like, oh, right. Yes, this is what it is to be rich from birth, beautiful beyond description, and very talented. <laughs> like, he, like, the fact that he has a decent heart is such an extraordinary achievement to me, given all of the things in his, given the fact that he has both talent, gorgeous looks, and extraordinary privilege. Um, but like, at the same time, you're like, aren't you embarrassed about anything? <laughs> <laughs> like, any, like when he's talking about playing Jim Morrison, you're like, I think maybe he's less ashamed than Jim Morrison. Like... <laughs> 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 I, uh, when I first moved to LA, a friend offered me a spare ticket to see Val Kilmer in a musical version of the Ten Commandments that was playing at like mm -hmm. the oh Kodak God. Theater, which is like where they have the Oscars. Right. Um, the music by Billy Joel, if I'm not mistaken. Really? No, I don't think okay. so. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. <though. laughs> but I. It was Alice Cooper. Alice, it's got to be Alice Cooper. Um, but I remember that, uh, like seeing. So he plays Moses and is in it three times. It is mostly like the ancillary characters from the Ten Commandments. And three times Val Kilmore would sham shamble. I'm saying shamble deliberately. Yeah. yeah. Would shamble on from stage left. Talk sing for one minute. Like people of Egypt, hear my call. People of Egypt, hear my call. And then shamble off, and there would be a long dance number that he was not involved with. 
I'm still, I got caught up. I appreciate your description of Val Kilmer in the show. I get caught up on the idea of the ancillary characters in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Which I think is just thy neighbor's wife, thy right? Thy neighbor's wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the locusts. The locusts the locust have a long song. Yeah. Was this like there's no small roles that he took this tiny role? Uh, my, I mean, it, or, or, it's Moses, right. but my, my perception of it at the time was that it, it was this, it, it was a cash in on his part. He didn't want to be there for mm. all the rehearsals. Maybe they reduced the role. Oh, I think he was the voice of God too. So I think that's like, you know, that, that was maybe the ego stroke that he needed to say yes right. to it. It did see it. I it it struck me as a like I need the money. I'm doing this, uh, but I would like for it to be as easy on me as possible. I How did think... you get offered this ticket? Oh, oh that's right. I, I just have a I have a friend out here who's like a big musical theater head and had a spare. Um, not that I wouldn't have gone to see it anyways, but um, it was a spare ticket, so I maybe wouldn't exactly have picked this to be my musical theater. What I'm blowing my musical theater money on, but uh, but I mean it was fun. <laughs> we had a fun night, so. Allison, I have to ask you this because, you know, we talked about Hugh Grant, who I would say is, you know, one of those performers who has aged like a fine wine for Mm. me and my taste. Yeah. I think, you know, I didn't watch Top Gun as a kid. Uh, I didn't watch Top Gun until maybe I was, you know, 16 or something like that. Um, so my knowledge of Val Kilmer probably started around the doors or a little later. And I didn't, I never saw the doors, but you know, it was a big movie and he was broadly acclaimed for his performance. Mm -hmm. So to me, Val Kilmer has always been one of those people who I have only known as a moon-faced shell of their former selves. Oh, you didn't get in on the prime uh, No, and so in watching this documentary, like, I always knew him to be a charismatic performer. You know, like, Val Kilmer has movie star quality in MacGruber. You know sure. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I always, I never knew what made him look like a movie, what gave him, like, where his movie star looks came from, because I never saw them. Until I watched this movie and I saw him at 22, and I'm like, oh, I see, he was the most beautiful man in the history of the world. Yes, there is a clip in that documentary of him doing something in high school, and I was like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He's a golden god. Um, I saw a picture of You immediately put a picture of that up on your dorm room wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, I'm going to get a PhD, 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 just so I can put up a poster. Yeah. Because um, you live in the dorms. Yeah. And you're getting a sure. PhD, right? <laughs> <Staying in the laughs> doctorate sure. dorms. <laughs> um, I recently saw a picture of young Paul Newman. Mm, yeah. And he was very. I mean, this is not going to be a surprise, but he was very attractive. But I had never, sort of like you with Val, I had never really seen or appreciated young Paul Newman. He's always just the spaghetti sauce guy who's old. And sure. I get that he has blue eyes, but I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, he you don't has, get, uh, you, you, don't get all horned up warm... looking, you don't get a horned up looking at the salad dressing. You're like, not I'm, like oh, I'm more into, can I like those Chef cookies possibly be gluten free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm driven um, downtown. Yeah, let's uh, let's not run past Allison's. I'm I'm more of a fan of Chef Boyardee. Very fun. Yeah, thank you, thank you. 
I was very into the movie Real Genius. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably where I first fell in love with Val Kilmer. And then I went to Blockbuster and rented a lot of other Val Kilmer movies. Um, Top Secret. I saw The Doors. Oh, in the man. Top, top Secret. What I mean, the premise of that is like, we found a comically handsome man. Yeah. Um, man, yes. what a funny movie. That is a, That movie holds up so well. Top Secret is very funny. There's a part in the Val Kilmer documentary where he says... I was he's I was starring in a flop that no one could describe to anyone. And I was like, yeah, you can describe it. It's a parody of Elvis movies. <laughs> he was pretty if I remember right from that one half that I saw of the documentary, he was pretty negative about Top Secret, right? Yeah, he was. And I was like, Top Secret's pretty funny. <laughs> like it's yeah. not as good as Airplane, but like what is? I didn't I guess I didn't know Top Secret was a famous flop. Yeah, apparently so. Or at least it was in Val Kilmer's mind. Yeah, I wondered if if it's you know he was Juilliard trained and he, it like didn't meet his lofty yeah opinion right. of what's worthy of him. I don't know. I would I have to see the rest. There is a part in the documentary where he does Hamlet to the camera by himself. Amazing. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, no songs from the Ten Commandments musical, huh? He doesn't uh, talk no. sing. I didn't see any. Yes. He does a he does a little bit of Mary and the Librarian, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it just it does feel I mean obviously this is kind of like self-selecting because I know people I most of the people I know are about my age, but it does seem like we are in kind of a golden age of reminiscing about 90s hunks. I'm thinking uh Brent the mm. the Renaissance, the Brendan Fraser Renaissance and of course uh you know Keanu's back, yeah. and and Durst had a moment. Although he was early two thousands, <laughs> Robert <right>? Durst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> murder me, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> murder me, Daddy, and <laughs> write an anonymous letter about where my body is. <laughs> Corpse and misspelled Beverly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Fred Durst. We, I mean, we were we were talking about this on a past episode of like we're kind of bracing ourselves for the like new metal slash limp biscuit rehab. And yeah, and I think that like Fred Durst having a, a daddy quality is probably part of what's gonna kick that off. Um yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna be a very like high level of difficulty for the like music hot take people. But it seems like something I can just I can feel it like like it's I gotta I gotta trick knee and the reins are a coming. Yeah, it seems I like, mean, like before the end of the year, we're going to have a little like, let's reconsider Limp Biscuit, and it's going to fucking suck and it's going to be lame. I think that has happened. Really? A little bit. Yeah, I think at the point of the Smash Mouth revival, mm -hmm. which I would say, what was that about three, four years ago, yeah. somewhere in there, the Smash Mouth revival traded on the fact that while Smash Mouth had no accomplishment as instrumentalists or singers <laughs> um, and brought nothing to the table thematically or intellectually <laughs> that, you know, other than those things and it having been played into the ground and being cliched, all-star or whatever is a fun pop song. Sure. Right? Like, that's a lot of caveats, to be sure. But at the end of the day, all-star is a fun <laughs> pop song. Um, you know, if they, maybe if they were good at singing or playing their instruments, mm -hmm. they could be Hanson. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> That's the dream. Um, 
But the question to me with Limp Biscuit and Corn and their contemporaries in that world is can you bring it to the point where you are rehabilitating the reputations of things that are not just inane but are actively bad? <laughs> like that's the, Limp Biscuit was the trick. actually the bad, not yeah. just not good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like most of those Britney Spears hits were just not good. You know, it's fine. She's she's a pretty good dancer, okay singer. You know, there's nothing wrong with those Britney Spears songs. They're hit pop songs for teens. Um, so the revival of those is unsurprising. It's like, you know, the Partridge family had a revival, and thanks to Generation X, right? Fun pop songs, nothing bad to be said about them other than their mild inanity, which is part of pop music, right? But, like, I do feel like, and it might just be hangover from having been a teenager then, uh, that Limp Biscuit was actively bad. Yeah, it's uh, Allison. You were saying you feel like you've you've maybe seen some some of this up close. I'm trying to remember who it was that was on my show that was saying he had an affection. Oh, I think it might. I don't. I don't want to put Limp Biscuit fandom in the wrong person's heart and soul. But I think it was Vince Mancini. Do you know him? Oh yeah, Vince sure. Vince Mancini, uh, who writes uh, for uh, Uproxx, uh, film film drunk. Yes, film drunk. Yeah, probably best known for contributing to IFC's The Grid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. And so he 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 hosts um, Pod Yourself a Gun, which is a Sopranos rewatch podcast that I was a guest on. And then he and his um, co-host, Matt Lieb. Do you know him? Because he does good mythical morning stuff. Know. Yeah. Matt Lieb went to college with us. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they came on. Um, Alice Rose is your new best friend. And they were talking about Limp Biscuit and that Woodstock documentary. Um, and I believe Vince was saying that he always had an affection for Limp Biscuit, and he likes that people are like realizing that maybe we sort of cast them aside too too quickly. And I thought, you're insane. <laughs> Do you think that the Limp Biscuit reconsideration comes before? And look, Jordan, I realize that we did 20 minutes on this three weeks ago. It's <laughs> your greatest hits. Listen, we're just gonna add that. We're just gonna add this to our cycle. We're gonna cycle out one of the other things. We're gonna cycle out my story about um, having been in that commercial for the local weather with Fritz Coleman. Let's put that to bed. Right. It's retired. It's up in the rafters, and we are now yeah. cycling in theories about the new metal revival. So this, I think, is a really difficult question to answer, and I wonder where the two of you fall on this. So I think we can agree that in the new metal, rap metal revival, there were two great poles. I'm going to leave aside corn because I think mm-hmm. there's sort of a third wheel here. One of them is Limp Biscuit, the qualities of which were backwards baseball cap mookery, mm-hmm. terrible rapping, having a DJ for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like Sugar Ray. Like Sugar Ray. <laughs> Is it, do you think it was the same guy? <laughs> I wonder if that guy just jumped from <laughs> yes. from rock band journeyman. to rock band just to give him a little, little hip-hop cred. So, you know, a sort of like aggressive dopiness right. was their brand. Their counterpart, I think, was Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. Linkin Park, there are people who feel otherwise, but I'm not one of them. Also kind of bad at rapping. 
a similar kind of overwrought emotional aesthetic, mm-hmm. but much more about a kind of sincere adolescent emotionalism right? than a sort of uh, standing on your head at a frat party sure. for a beer bong situation. Nookie cookie situation. Yeah. Nookie cookie, chainsaw, skin your ass raw. Yeah. I believe is another uh, Limp Bizkit couplet. And, you know, like when Lincoln... I've got a, I've got a chainsaw, skin your ass raw. Like when the guy from... When the, when uh, Mike Shinoda, is that his name, the front man of Lincoln yeah. Park? I think so. It's, uh, it's about his surprisingly credible rap album that he yeah, put out so, with all your favorite rappers? Yeah, he made a rap album with with lots of great rappers. He It suffered for the fact that he is not a great rapper. Okay. Uh, Shaq also made one of those albums. Um, uh, Shaq has a very nice single with Common on it uh, that would be a, a, a great Common song if Shaq weren't on it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> like... They're very sincere and less awful. But I also feel like these revivals often take pleasure in reviving the most counterintuitive thing and rejecting kind of sincere tryhardness. Like sincere tryhardness is not a quality that gets one of these revivals unless it's was already the kind of thing that uh, esthetes liked. You know what I mean? Like the sincere tryhardness of Radiohead. I agree. Doesn't require a, a revival, right? But the sincere tryhardness of Linkin Park. Do you think that even though maybe they were better or at least less immoral um, or amoral, uh, means that they they get less revival than Limp Biscuit, who will just get your attention by going. Bleh! Yeah, I think a nostalgic revival of something kitschy or campy is easier to sort of understand than like, hey, let's go revisit this sincere emo-ish rap band. Yeah, and I think that like if I was if I was chatting with someone about music out in the world and they said like, hey, you know what? I liked Linkin Park as a teen and I'll stick up for him now. Like that to me wouldn't be that weird. Like I don't love Linkin Park and, you know, if it came on, I wouldn't like have a feeling about it other than like, oh man, you know, this was in every mall when I was a kid. Um, But I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go like, oh, come on, uh, come on, come on. You know, that would be like, well, you were 15. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like I, sure. There's still like, I still hold very dear some of the shit that I liked when I was 15, even though it would like, it would, cringe a lot of people out and i give them the i i i allow them to cringe i allow them all to cringe and you know uh you know for 15 it happens but yeah but i think it is it to me the it is specifically about limp biscuit and maybe that band that that went oh like those are the ones yeah those are the ones where i would oh who is that might also be limp biscuit yeah that's very true (laughs) Yeah, I found myself I found myself recently wondering just sort of gazing <laughs> off into space and wondering what if spin doctors were good. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe, like I haven't heard them in the grocery store in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh and I definitely loved them in 1993 in 7th grade. 
Sure. Two Princes is like looping in my head now. Mm-hmm. I had two Spin Doctors albums. I had the second Spin Doctors album. How was it? I don't remember what it was called or any of the songs on it, but I know I had it. It was sitting there right next to the second Arrested Development album that I had. Now, that one was called Zingala Maduni. I think we all remember that. <laughs> I was Soup's Into Blind Melon. Oh. Yeah. They actually had an album called Soup, and I, was, and I, I didn't, that was <laughs> unintended. Blind Melon just had one hit song, right? Yeah, pretty much. No Rain. Were, yeah, were you, into, were you into album cuts on the Blind Melon album? Oh, yeah. I liked the whole album. I played guitar at the time, and I would play their songs on my acoustic guitar in my dorm room with my Soul Asylum poster. Um, yeah, I was very into them. I mean, I feel like No Rain is a good song. That's why it was a hit song, right? Yeah. I need to revisit and see if that, that album holds up. I feel like it might. Um, can we talk about gin something? Gin Blossoms? How do you feel about Gin Blossoms? Not super, not super into them. Wow. <laughs> Mm. Line in the sand. Sorry. <laughs> um, can we talk about Perry Farrell's new face? Yeah, sure. Have you I noticed? I know Perry, Perry, Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction. Is it? And I don't know if it's Perry Farrell or Perry Farrell. I've heard it both ways. I think the it's supposed to be a reference to the word peripheral, which I didn't realize until many years <laughs> ago. Um, but I'm going to Google image search him right now. Do it. He's I had don't plastic think... surgery. Okay. He had a nose job. He's 62 and, years old, Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction. Okay, I think I'm, and so I'm seeing him, a photo of him here at a, a Tito's Vodka sponsored event. I mean, uh, it's but, wow. It's some. I think it's somewhat subtle. So he's not like a Jocelyn Wildenstein. That's the Catwoman. It's woman. not that subtle. He it's has not, okay. that kind of. He has that kind of like. Uh, I gotta look him up. Country, like sixty-year-old woman at a country club in 1979, intensely surprised look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, around the eyes. At first, oh boy, yeah, it's a little, it's a little more extreme than I. He's got a bit of shininess it. to him too, like a sort of perma shine. Um, at first, I thought this feels really like selling out. Like that is not what people who played the original Lollapalooza should be doing with their face. <laughs> And then mm-hmm. I thought, well, actually, though, maybe it's maybe it is in keeping with someone who's very into performance and looking on and how he looks and stuff like that. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, ultimately, isn't he like, you know, like he's it looks still like he's trying to be David Bowie, right? Like, and that was mm. that entire generation. That was like a significant part of that entire generation's deal, even though they were all about authenticity and Bowie was all about creating personae. Right. Interesting. Like I, I think there is a certain amount of like wanting to be as pretty as David Bowie in that look. Sure. Yeah, he's okay. he's definitely just as a with a brief just going off this brief Google image search that I've done, he really seems to be leaning into scarf. Too. Scarf seems yes. to be a big thing, which I think kind of, yeah, I guess my, my feeling about Jane's Addiction, not like not being a super fan of theirs, like knowing those couple songs that were on the radio when we were kids, like they, you know, like I guess it would surprise me if you're like, oh, Keith Morris from the Circle Jerks got a bunch of plastic surgery, you right. know, <laughs> but I think like I guess my feeling about Jane's Addiction was that like they were a little more like glam style you know sunset strip and they yeah they were a little closer to you know 
Bowie or T-Rex or something than they were to, you know, Nirvana. But um, but again, this is uh, only a casual Jane's Addiction listener. Yeah, speaking. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense for him. Um, and I think it's, I'm going to be honest, I think it's a significantly better look than 1990s septum piercing uh, red white people dreadlocks giant velvet hat uh, which is the other look that I'm looking at in this Google image search that I did <laughs> are you looking right. to Jim Eric oh no you're looking at old Perry Farrell no this like is old Perry Farrell not J- not JK from Jamiroquai okay so listen to this again now I am freelancing for your show the headline Perry Farrell regrets tragic relationship with David Bowie let me see where is this from this is from ultimateclassicrock.com. Perry Farrell said he regretted the, quote, tragic relationship he had with David Bowie, which included incidents where he accidentally handed out his hero's phone number and email address. The Jane's Addiction singer <laughs> added that he hoped to make amends but didn't manage to reconnect with Bowie before his death, though he remained convinced they would meet again. Um, this is why he has to morph into his hero. Wow. His guilt, yeah. That is, <laughs> I mean, like... At- on one hand, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really crazy that he did that. But also, like, if you had Bowie's number, you yeah. would want people to know you had Bowie's number. You know, like, that's something like that would be too hard. Yeah. Like someone someone uh, once uh, accidentally CC'd me instead of BCCing me on a group email that included Claire Danes. Ooh. And like basically 97 yeah. percent of my life energy since then uh, has been dedicated towards not just writing her email address on a card and showing it to a camera and pointing to myself. <laughs> like, I know this. Hey, maybe, hey, maybe maybe for Max Fun Drive this year. You oh, donate yeah. enough, you get Claire Danes' email. Yeah. Yes, that happens frequently is, is too strong, but periodically, maybe like once every two years, it'll happen that some very connected person will send out what they intend to be a BCC and it's just a CC. And then it's followed up with an email saying, I'm so sorry. Uh, but I'm always like, what if I just emailed these people and invited them on my podcast? Not together, but, and I never, I never do it though. Do you guys ever? No, I, I've thought about it. I mean, there are like people who have been on those email lists. I, for me, the question is not whether I would email Claire Danes because I right. wouldn't. E- in all sincerity, I would not email Claire Danes, and I felt immediately like ashamed that I had accidentally seen her email address. Um, it's more like, would I email someone that I have met? but who I don't have an email address having relationship with. Uh, someone like, I don't know, the, per- the person that's coming to mind is Sarah Silverman. Like Sarah oh, Silverman's been yeah. on Bullseye a couple times over many, many years. I've met her, you know, like, hello, this is Sarah Silverman. Hi, I'm Jesse. Well, gotta go. Like, but is that, not, is that her she would have, that? she definitely wouldn't know who I was. Um, and like, 
that's the kind of email address where there's a part of me that's like, what if I just emailed her and invited her on Jordan Jesse Go? Although I usually, what I do is I'll just, in those situations, I'll invite them on Allison Rosen as your new best friend just to see how it goes <laughs> as a sort of toe in the water. I right. would love that. Yeah. Thank you for being my booker. You're welcome. Um, Look, I work for you, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's right. Yeah. I will say I, I, I'm aware of this phenomenon of the like accidental CC that was meant to be a BCC. It's never happened to me. I've never, I've never done it. I don't, I've never illicitly gotten, you know, uh, Jim Gaffigan's email address or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just probably a, um, you know, probably just a little symbol that I have, uh, failed in my career and I see it as that. Jordan, have you ever thought you would like to like, like, for example, one of your one of your jobs in your career mm-hmm. was you worked a number of years on At Midnight, a comedy competition yes. show uh, where, you know, you wrote all kinds of things. But for at least a portion of the time, your job was to be joined by a celebrity and write jokes with and for them uh, for their appearance on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh Sometimes that person Allison Rosen a few times. Yeah. That's right, and and I won one time. Yeah, you did. Sometimes it's a person you know. Sometimes it's Allison Rosen. Sometimes it's Kyle Kinane or uh, Steve Agee or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but often it's somebody that you don't know but could know. Were you ever tempted to have a social relationship with that person, like by sliding them your phone number uh, or email address? I know you usually you don't don't sure. do email because you have the sidekick, so you usually do. Right. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, I know. Never, never letting go of this sidekick. I'm a sidekick man till I die. Yep. You will. Is that the one with the my... s- slide out yeah, keyboard? Yeah, it is. It, it is. Yeah. I like the slide out. I like the keyboard. I like the QWERTY. You and Obama uh, <laughs> like to send each other BlackBerry messages. We love it. Me and Obama. <laughs> that's now. That's an email I do have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really. No, did, yeah, no, I okay. wish that'd be great. Maybe I could get on isn't <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's podcast. <laughs> oh, I have Obama's email. It's blazetrees69 at gmail.com. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, I tried with Michael Shannon. I tried with Michael Shannon mm-hmm. uh, to see if he wanted to, you know, go to go to Taco Tuesday after the show. It didn't work out. <sighs> Really? Is that did that really happen? No, uh, but I, I was I I did feel like I I pierced. Michael Shannon's intense armor just a little mm-hmm. bit. And it felt good. I feel like I, I had a moment with him and it felt nice because he's a, um, he's, he's Michael Shannon. He's a Mike. He is as Michael Shannon. as you, you would hope. Yeah. You never made friends with anyone that you. No, not really. With? I was so afraid of being fired from that job all the time. I didn't want to do anything unprofessional. So, guys, I actually, speaking of piercing the veil of celebrity, um, mm-hmm. I have something for probably our most beloved recurring segment uh, Letters to Burt Reynolds. Ooh. Letters to Burt Reynolds. Allison, just so you know, um, Burt Reynolds published a book that was sent to us by our friend J. Keith Van Stratton of letters sent to him by his many admirers. Uh, It's called Hotline, the letters I get, dot, 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 and write. Um, We've shared some of these letters. Now, again, I want to make it clear. A lot of times it may seem like I have chosen these letters carefully through a a process of working in pre-production. 
Um, but regular Jordan Jesse Go listeners will know that uh, that's an absurd suggestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I'm basically just opening the book and reading from it because J. Keith Van Stratton sent it to me. I didn't even buy this at a used bookstore myself. <laughs> Dear Burt Reynolds, I just thought I would write you and tell you I think you are groovy and almost the greatest. But I have to be honest and tell you my number one guy is Joe Namath. I have posters of him all over my basement because my mom won't let me hang him upstairs. Me, 22 years old. You do come right after Joe, though. You two remind me of each other. You're often down-to-earth people, and you're really nice to your fans. Please forgive me if I put Joe first, but you're a close second. Love you guys. <laughs> it's really... I like Love that it starts guys. out with a neg. Yes. Yeah, it's from Amelia in Montana. There's no way Burt Reynolds and Joe Namath made it out of the 70s without being at a key party together, huh? Yeah, I mean, it seems like... It seems like they probably shared that fur coat once or twice. <laughs> uh, dear Bert, I'm married, have three children, ages 16, 15, and 2. I'm 34 and married to a 6-foot, 2-inch hunk of hung man. Wow. This is the husband writing it. Go ahead. <laughs> the husband is writing this. I hope my wife talks about me this way when she's writing letters to Burt Reynolds. How tall are you? I'm 6'3", but I, I take the demotion in height for the, for the promotion and crank. Sure. Dear Burt Reynolds, I'm married. I have three, three children, ages 10, 7, and 4. I'm 39 and married to a six-foot-three-inch hunk of medium penis man. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it. Sure. Yeah. There's an alliteration. There's, yeah. a, there's a fun alliteration. Hunk of hung man. Hunk and hung. It sounds nice. It's like cellar door. <laughs> spool. Spool. Okay. How about a four-by-eight-foot nude photo of you? so I could put it on the wall at the foot of our bed. You are all man and handsome. You are sexy, (laughs) delicious. In other words, you have got it, and I mean all of it. If you do another (laughs) nude pose, would you please move your hand away? After all, you were hiding the best part. Then, instead of hanging you up in the garage, all the women will lay you under their pillow. That's from Tilly in the Bronx. Oh, Tilly. Yeah. How's her well-hung tall man or whatever he is going to feel about this nude Burt Reynolds on, in, on the wall? I mean, probably pretty good. Who knows what Burt Reynolds has in his little hand in those nudies? <laughs> I can say this is the husband is writing this. Uh-huh. He would like Burt Reynolds to fuck his wife uh-huh. or oh, wife yeah. to watch while Burt Reynolds fucks him. Yeah. Uh, both of which uh, seem probably great. Good for him. Uh, but yeah, this, this really, uh, yeah, I don't know that, I don't know that the wife knows this got written. Yeah. Hi, Bert, baby. <laughs> this is the best book. Yeah. It's, this is in, I, this is in, was in Reese's book club, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that if they get rid of Huckleberry Finn, because it has the N word in it a lot, um, they yes. should use this instead in school curricula sure. hi Bert baby oh great another another dead white man yeah. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> oh boy 
Hi, Bert, baby. One night of heaven. Is dead, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, I don't know. They hmm. preserved his mustache in formaldehyde, like Ted Ted Williams had. <laughs> right, yeah, they're going to grow a new one with cloning technology. <laughs> they're, prop- <laughs> they're propagating it right it's now. There. Yeah. They're plant it in their herb garden eventually. Hi, Bert, baby. One night of heaven. Oh, Bert, if I live to be a million, I'll never forget last night. If I live to be a million, nothing else will ever touch it. Now I know what it's like to be an astronaut. For you, my darling lover, single-handedly put me on the moon with your passionate embraces. Return to me tonight, my ardent love mate. You and I have opened my floodgates, and I swim out tempestuously to overwhelm you in the eternal waves of my unleashed love juices. I would be afraid of this person if I were Burt Reynolds. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you for every second of last night for awakening me at last. Tonight, come to me again. Signed, Flying in Fort Worth. P.S. Don't get scared. It was only a dream. A girl can dream, can't she? Oh. Twist. This is like a... worthy of Shyamalan. I was going to say it's a real O. Henry kind of story. (laughs) Right, yes. Actually, actually, you got the... You actually did... You, uh, you kind of inadvertently plugged my new podcast in there, Jesse. I know that um, you know everybody loves Allison Rosen as your new best friend, but um, I'm just here to announce the uh, um, the release of Jordan Morris as your ardent lover. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to let's say Headgum. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can I tell you? My mom just texted me. Um, yeah, and. Uh, my mom just texted me. I bought her tickets to see um, our friend Guy Branham at the Punchline in San Francisco. Oh, fun. Uh, it was, yeah, of course. And she she went with my friend uh, my friend John John King from high school. Of course, you guys know John. Great guy. Yeah, they're sort of buddies. They like to go to they like to go to stuff together once a year or so. You know, they go to a That's comedy so show together. Or something. Amazing. My, I'll get my mom tickets or something. She'll say, "I'll invite Big John." She'll say. Anyway, this is what my. Uh, my mom said about she met guy after the show uh she said uh fyi i invited him to eric's birthday party on sunday he couldn't come (laughs) which i like that that's forward but i like it i like that my mom (laughs) immediately invited guy to her friend's birthday party he was taking his niece to davis but i tried this is her review of the show guy is a very clever man uh the other two comedians were witty but I get tired of jokes about dick shots. And then that... That's <laughs> uh, why she doesn't listen to face. Jordan Jesse Go, right? Yeah, that's why she doesn't. What? Who are the other comedians? I don't know. You know, two... two f- John, <laughs> John and Jane dick shot. Yeah. <laughs> Husband and wife comedy duo. Yeah, I get tired of jokes about dick shots, Allison. Dick shots is a momism for dick pics? I must be. One presumes it is, right? I think so. I would love it if their whole act were about catching it in the jewels, though. It's playing sports bloopers. (laughs) 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 Okay, that's our letter segment. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. 
Jordan Morris, boy detective. Now, Jordan, let me tell you this. Yes. Maximum Fun, all of Maximum Fun, and this show specifically, supported by its members. Okay, I'm talking about people who went to MaximumFun.org slash join. You know about those people, right, Jordan? I know every one of them by name. I'm going to list them now. No, 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 no. They didn't sign up for that, Jordan. Bill, okay. But you know who did sign up to be mentioned on this program? Who? Our good friends at ZipRecruiter. Ah, we love them. Yes, that's right, ZipRecruiter. Now look, Mm -hmm. for me, there are some things in my life I like to pick out myself so I know I've got the right one. I'm talking about a convection toaster oven. I get the good one. It's worth it because then you're roasting vegetables in there every day. It's easy and you're eating a better diet. Or if you're just cooking one steak, you put it into the convection toaster oven. You don't have to preheat your entire regular oven just to cook one steak, which is why, which is why, Jordan... ZipRecruiter says, get yourself a high-quality convection toaster oven. That's true. But they also say, hey, do you have a job that needs filling with a person? Yeah, like it's dinner time and you need a side dish, but you don't want to preheat your whole oven just to make roast vegetables. Yeah, they say that. And then they also say... You know how you pick out the thing you like? What if you could also do that same thing for hiring? Oh, that makes Zip sense. ZipRecruiter has an, an has has an invite to apply feature and they let you pick your favorites from the best candidates. Jordan, how does that work? Well, they send you qualified candidates and you can easily invite your top choices to apply for your job. For me, it's got to be baby carrots. Baby carrots, yes. The, uh, the for the job of side dish. Yeah. Um, if you need an endorsement, Lauren Webb, the SVP of talent acquisition for Mindula Health. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good health organization. Ooh, Mindula. They got Mindula for this. Yeah, Lauren Webb, SVP of talent acquisition wow. specifically. Uh, they rave about ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature. She says, I love that feature because we have a much higher follow-through rate if I invite candidates. Well, now that you mention this, I think people should see for themselves. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. And Jordan, hmm. I've got an update on, on uh, some erroneous information that I shared earlier. Oh my gosh, please. Uh, my choice is Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts is gotcha. going to be my top roasted vegetable in the convection toaster oven. Sorry, carrots. Better luck next time. Yeah, you're great, too. We're also supported this week, speaking of munchables, mm-hmm. uh, by our good friends at Magic Spoon. You know what's cool about Magic Spoon? This is a breakfast cereal that does not have any grains in it. No cereal in this cereal. And it's high in protein. So it satisfies at breakfast time. My favorite peanut butter flavor, but I also like frosted flavor. Oh, yeah. A lot of great flavors uh, over there at Magic Spoon. Uh, The cereal with zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, 140 calories, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. 
gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb? Jesse, yeah, they've got frosted. They've got peanut butter. There's also cocoa, fruity, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. If you're tired of soy cereals, get Magic Spoon. Yeah. You know what? You don't. Here's the thing about Magic Spoon. Once in a while, Magic Spoon's so tasty. Once in a while, when I'm making my kids dinner, I'll put a few Magic Spoons on that plate. Because I know they're going to love that as a treat, but they're also going to get some satisfying protein from that little treat that I gave them. Uh, And they always love to eat them. You could eat them a a midnight snack, Jordan, have some magic spoons. Here's my magic spoon hack. Sprinkle it over yogurt. Ooh, that sounds nice. That's quite the hack. Thank you. Jordan, you're a spoon hacker. I'm a spoon hacker. Now and forever. You're a white hat spoon hacker. (laughs) But I might flip. Yeah. Uh, Magic Spoon just brought back uh, two super popular flavors. We mentioned them, cookies and cream and maple waffle. They're here permanently. When these flavors were first introduced for a limited time, they sold out extremely quick. uh, So you know they're great. uh, And we want you guys to know that they're back forever until the world ends. Whether you're white hat or black hat spoon hacker, Magic Spoon will make you flip for for taste for great taste yeah magicspoon.com slash jj go to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today and be sure to use our promo code jj go at checkout to save five dollars off your order and magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with a 100 happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked that's magicspoon.com slash jj go and use the code jj go to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Magic Spoon. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Days Ago. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Allison Rosen, Fred Durst apologist, or am I? Oh. (gasps) A mystery. This is the intrigue we needed on this program. (laughs) Paging Miss Marple. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it is me, Poirot. (laughs) I am here to question Allison Rosen. (laughs) Murder, she wrote, lady. <laughs> You're here too. <laughs> Whatever the main guy from Colombo is called is here. I don't know. I don't know what that guy's name is. And Perry Mason is here in case I need legal representation. Yeah. <laughs> all the greats. <laughs> all the greats. They all come together <laughs> to find out under one banner to find out how Allison Rosen feels about. Well, look, you meet Colombo. It's a momentous occasion. Give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. We have one of these occasions uh, from our friend Brian, our producer. He's going to press play on it. So, uh, Brian, ready, set, go. Hi, JJGO, um, and I'm going to guess Christelle Alonzo. Uh, this is Lizzie, a listener, long-time listener. I wanted to call on a momentous occasion and say 
that I just got married, and not only did I just get married, but Jordan Morris is here with me, and my fiance. Thank you guys. Love the show. Love you guys. Um, I'll see you guys later, I guess. I don't know. Bye. Congratulations, Lizzie. Jordan. Yeah, that was me. That was me saying woo. Did you guys hear me say woo? Jordan. <laughs> Could you guys tell that was me saying woo? It was woo? exciting yes. to hear your voice on a podcast. Yeah, it's pretty neat, huh? I mean, it would have been cool if it was like a podcast anyone listens to. But... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Brian, can you play that on Marin next week? Yeah. Port it over to Jordan Morris is your ardent lover. Oh, yeah. I'll go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's, Brian's coming with me to that. <laughs> Uh, Lizzie, uh, let's say Earwolf. I know, uh, I know Lizzie too. I've met Lizzie. Yeah, uh, cool lady. Um, I I will say that Lizzie referred to her uh, the, the person they had, she had just married as her fiance. Um, <laughs> I think it so, like wasn't wasn't legal yet. Oh, they, okay. because they maybe like hadn't you know the efficient hadn't signed it and dropped it in the mail and the uh the dj had not yet played um can't stop believing okay great so i know those are the two requirements mm-hmm. to be legally married in um uh yeah in the state of massachusetts which is where the wedding was uh, i got to go to cape cod for my first time to, oh, wow. to the wedding it was so very I'm, nice i'm jealous of you for a couple of reasons here jordan yeah one is the regular reason, more talented than me. Uh, got that gray hat. Yeah. <laughs> but, Where am I going to get a gray hat? Number two is going to be, I'm going to say number two is, uh, you know, you got to go to a great destination for a cool destination wedding with a great friend. Amazing. That's something I'm jealous of. I mean, Cape Cod is really great. My first, uh, I had never been there. I bought some of their famous taffy. Oh, get to get to go there. You get to... In my experience, have lunch with Jay Allison, public radio legend Jay Allison. He's an amazing man. He's got five children in a, in a boat he built himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Allison, great guy. Cape Cod, great place. So that's the number two reason I'm jealous of you. Number three reason I'm jealous of you, uh, one of your friends listens to your show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife doesn't even listen to this show. It'd <laughs> be funny if you got a call from your wife during her wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did it happen that she decided to call in? Uh, yeah, we were just, this was at the, I can I can set the scene. This is at the reception. Um, yeah, kind of beautiful, uh, kind of like outdoor space at a family home, kind of overlooking. Completely surrounded by lobsters. Yes, all the lobsters were closing in. <laughs> lobsters and lobstermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lighthouse was <laughs> yeah. about to pounce on us. Uh, you heard, you could hear a chorus in the distance going, aya, aya, aya. Mm-hmm. Just some New England shit, some New England sounds. Uh, yeah, so this was kind of like out on the dance floor. Everybody's, you know, milling about doing wedding reception stuff. And yeah, she just kind of gave me the wave over. She's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the... I'm going to call the podcast, and we all kind of crowded around, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Love is real. Do you guys know that love is real? I've heard I this. I have no idea. I've heard songs about it. Yeah. The I mean, songs I knew, all true. I knew what I imagined it would be like if, if uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what's his name? Hugh Grant. Oh, Jesus, mm. let me try it. Edit this in, Brian. No, don't leave it. <laughs> Let's see the. We want to see how the sausage is made. Yeah. I know what it would be like 
I know what I imagine it would be like if Hugh Grant crinkled at me, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. In that oh case, I would believe that love is real. But that's just an, just my imagination running away with me, Jordan. Yeah, people are, listen, people are still crinkling, people are still tying the knot. Yeah. Um, They're crinkling you know, the, earlier and earlier. Yeah, that's, that's true. Now yeah, babies are kids, crinkling babies. <laughs> yeah. I don't think babies should be crinkling. Uh, <laughs> listen, wait till you're in love to crinkle. Yeah. yeah. Maybe waiting till you're married is a little bit antiquated, but at least wait yeah. until the, the person you're crinkling with is special. And can you know? I just say, can I say something? Hmm. Try crinkling with your partner before you get married just to make sure because you don't want to get locked into a lifetime of crinkle incompatibility mm, right so true you know. yeah and you don't want to like wait until you're married and then like find out that the person you're married to is into like shit crinkling you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no shame if you are into shit crinkling that's great but, but it's you're, gonna you're gonna want to partner be who's simpatico yeah. with your partner if you're gonna do a bunch yeah. of shit crinkling yeah gonna want to meet somebody on fetlife.crinkle right <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i'm into bd crinkle arrangement.com it's a bdsk k is for crinkle i don't know what the other letters are for <laughs> 206-984-4fun or jjgo at maximumfun.org we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go la 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 We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. La, 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 la. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, he's coming back. Or do you mean the fact that <laughs> Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little external validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the ebony enchantress myself, Travel <laughs> <laughs> Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things we're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we fan-tie you. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Allison Rosen, crinkle enthusiast. Yeah, she out here crinkling. <laughs> Loves to crinkle. What's your... Okay, we were talking about, we were talking about fries earlier. Mm. Allison, mm -hmm. top fry preparation or top fry shape. Oh. Do you have an opinion? Yeah. Like, I don't know what the, what you call just the, like, just a classic basic 
McDonald's fry. Just straight, yeah. not I, a steak fry can fuck off. I'm very, I'm very anti steak fry. There's too much potato Disgusting. in the middle. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's a disappointment. Can I give a steak fry hack? Mm-hmm. Don't order them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, order a different kind of have fries. The, have the rice peel off. <laughs> That's my uh, hack. <laughs> have the mixed vegetable. Um, this is like diner side humor. Yeah, yeah. I really like a steak fry. If you tell the fry person. The fry guy? Your wait staff, the fry guy. (laughs) If you tell the hamburger, (laughs) you tell Grimace himself. uh, If you tell your waiter that you want the fries well done, and if they leave them in there a little bit longer and you're getting something that is crispy and golden brown and maybe even a little bit burnt if you like that, which I do, Mm. I think that kicks steak fry up into a whole other stratosphere of side dish. Because, yes, I understand what people don't like about the kind of floppy potatoey steak fry. But I think if you can get them well done, uh, if you're looking for a local recommendation, they'll do it for you at Cantor's, and they'll do a fucking great job. I think give it a shot if for some reason you are looking to reintegrate steak fries into your meal. I, you don't have to. It's, you but, know, it's an, so it's it's an unhealthy It becomes good for a steak fry, but is it preferable to a different kind of fry? I like it a lot. I think it's great. And it's like great. I think it goes great with like a deli sandwich. I think it's a great kind of side or like, you know, that kind of like bad diner steak that you put a lot of A1 on. Are steak fries the big rectangular ones or the wedge ones? Because when I say steak fry, I'm thinking of the wedge shaped shitty fry. But I don't I don't like either of the ones I mentioned. Yeah, I think that's more of a potato wedge that you're picturing. Um, I think a steak fry is like a is like a three times too big regular fly, fry. Maybe yeah. it's a little flatter than a regular Got it. fry. Yes. Okay, yeah, I don't care for those either. Yeah. No, they suck. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, the thing about this is that while I do like French fries, because I'm not insane, mm-hmm. I, I don't especially love potatoes. Mm. So the potato we ones, I'm like, I would just, I'll have the pasta, please. Like, I I don't, mm-hmm. I what I want is uh, a crispity, crunchity oil venue. Yes. Mm-hmm. To me, I think I'm going number one is always going to be like a palm frites type. Not a full shoestring, but like a, a, a more slender standard fry. Mm-hmm. And a little crispier on the outside than a McDonald's fry or something like that. And then after that, it's just whatever one has the most crinkles on it. So like a crinkle cut fry often is a, is basically just a a, a, a wiggly steak fry. Mm-hmm. But a crinkle cut regular size fry is better. It's more crispy. Yeah, it, there's more surface area to be a crispy oil vehicle. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's the main thing. And then, you know, after that, you know, I, I don't mind... I don't mind the seasoning that they put on a seasoned fry. So I'm glad to have a curly fry or a waffle fry or whatever. But it's mostly the, uh, it's mostly a a matter of texture to me. And I prefer a crispier fry. Like a sweet potato fry. I mean, a sweet potato fry is fine. I like the taste better, but it's a lot harder to make a sweet potato crispy. Mm. 
I like, I think a sweet potato fry is a great, like, shared app. I think as a side dish, I think they have diminishing. I think when you have two, like five sweet potato fries or six sweet potato fries is a great amount of sweet potato fries, especially if they're mm-hmm. giving you like spicy aioli or something with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a like side dish that you're going to like shovel into your face, I think they they take a little bit of a dive. Yeah, that's a good point. What what would you say is your fork rating, Jordan? Now <laughs> no, that we can't we're do other people's podcast and talk about food. <laughs> now that we're doing our friends' can't podcast, talk about hot salads or whatever. Yeah. Do you say hot salad? I did say yeah. it's a recurring Doughboys. We're not doing Doughboys. Maybe jokes. we we're should not just. Doing, we all love the Doughboys. Maybe instead of their talking about into our, our favorite side dishes, maybe yeah. we should just. Let our complicated emotional conflicts <laughs> bubble just barely to the surface. Listen, they don't own talking about food in general, but we can't yeah. do their things. Yeah, we can't. Okay. Allison Rosen, it's been a delight as it now, always is. To it's have time for program. just me or everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is the segment where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder mm-hmm. is it just me or everyone, and we weigh in. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, I, I, I was. Uh, I always love coming on this show. In fact, if Jordan hadn't reached out to me, I probably would have said to him, hey, if you need a guest, I would love to come on one of these days. And then he reached out to me and it was just perfect. I always have the best time with you guys. So thank you. It's the Rosen mind meld. It happens. It's a joy. Look, if you're interested in trying out Alison Rosen as your new best friend, which is a wonderful friendship podcast like this one, uh, why not check out one of the episodes that Jordan's on? Yes. You already love Jordan. I mean, look, you've sent me the emails. I wish that Jordan Jesse Go didn't have you on it so I could enjoy Jordan more. And here we are. Just listen to one of those Allison <laughs> Rosen's Your New Best Friends with just Jordan Just send those on it. future emails to Claire Danes <laughs> at <laughs> hotmail.danes. Yeah. I think the, the one truism of being uh, CC'd instead of BCC'd on those email addresses, and I don't remember if this is the case with Claire Danes specifically, but... Almost invariably, everyone's email ad, every celebrity's email address is their name at gmail.com. I was, I was thinking, like, do you think Oprah is just Oprah at gmail.com? I bet she is. <laughs> probably Oprah yeah. at Oprah.com, right? Yeah. All, any yeah. of those probably reach or her. Admin at Oprah.com. Right. Info at Oprah.net. <laughs> right. <laughs> Allison Rosen, always great to talk to you. Allison's podcast, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Uh, our producer on the program, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Uh, Valerie Moffat on the uh, video streams. Uh, Saturday afternoon record this time around, folks. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go so you can watch the next time we do it. Um. Oh, we're doing live cams of me and Jordan doing it. <laughs> uh, a lot of foot, a lot of foot stuff. Yeah. Huge nude Burt Reynolds poster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know me and Jordan are cranklin. Yeah. <laughs> um. You can join us on Reddit, maximumfun.reddit.com. On Twitter, hashtag it JJGo. If you have quality concerns about the podcast, tweet them at JD Power. Um, and hey, I want to give a special shout out, uh, uh, associate producer, sometime editor, Dylan Higgins, uh, has been editing this show sometime, but we haven't been putting him in the credits. Why? Because, um, 
I forget to ask Brian, and Brian forgets to tell me which ones he's working on. So if it's a good one, just assume that Dylan worked on it. And if it's a bad one, blame Brian. <laughs> Not us. <laughs> yeah. we, we have nothing to do with the quality of this show. It's all the I editors. Mean, yeah. You know what? Blame Claire Danes. Yeah. Let's throw it out there. She's good in everything. She can take the hit. Uh, that's it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.